Welcome to the Uncommon CEO Podcast, where we unpack the mindset, skills, and wisdom it takes to become an uncommon leader in a common world with your host, the Uncommon CEO himself, Andrew Smart. All right. Welcome to this edition of the Uncommon CEO Podcast. How are you doing today, Andrew? Matt, I'm doing excellent. Just came off a nice Thanksgiving weekend. My team didn't win, but I still had a good weekend. Now, what team is that, Andrew? Well, you know, I'm a Clemson guy. So. Clemson guy. Yeah, tough tough break for the Clemson Tigers this weekend. Yeah, it was a tough break, especially when you you lose it by just mistakes. That, that It wasn't like they beat you. You beat yourself. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's, to me, sometimes the harder loss. But you know what? You live to fight another day. This is true. So we got, we got, I got, I, it's less than 365 now until we get a rematch, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, they've got the year right now. So today's episode, we have a, a, a great uncommon topic to go over. It's about how to surround yourself with high-performance individuals, or how would you frame that up, Andrew? I really was excited to discuss this topic about high-performance. You know, we work every day in a culture that demands high-performance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have, we have clients and customers that expect the best out of us. And so, you know, achieving at high levels starts with an inside job of what is high performance. So coming to this particular podcast, I really wanted to discuss what does that mean? What is, what does it mean to truly be a high performance? And as I sat at my desk the other day and started really thinking on that, I started doing some internal reflection of kind of my journey, my thought process, people that I've associated with mentors, stuff like that. What separates them? Because the truth is 98% of most people are not high performance. Yeah, I'd agree. And, you know, because 98% of people are just okay getting by. They're the paycheck to paycheck people. They're good with that. Mm -hmm. The okay being okay mentality. Exactly. And, but high performance people aren't that way. And usually it's kind of set into them at a young age. I I think about myself, uh, you know, as a young boy, I always had different kind of challenges but I had a drive and belief of what I could be. And that was from a very young age. Um, very similar with most high-performance people. They, early on in their life, they establish a mindset that says, hey, I believe I can do this. I, I'm going to do this. And they kind of follow through that journey. It's not linear. It's, not, it's, 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 it's often a zigzag journey, but, but they have instilled in their mind, what they believe they can be and what they are going to spend their life dedicated to doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every CEO starts as some sort of entrepreneur, in my opinion. I would disagree with that, Matt. Really? Right. Yeah, I would disagree with that because most of your entrepreneurs who build their own businesses are the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Sure, sure, sure. Most CEOs of, of those kind of companies are highly educated uh, very analytical. Uh, that that's where a lot of the major corporations kind of go to towards, you know, what they want in leadership. Too often, they're they're not very relatable people. I, I remember Jack Welch when he took over GE. One of the things that he wanted to do was get kind of some distance from the CFO and really engage with HR because he realized that okay, human capital 
is, is where we need to be focused here. The numbers matter. They always do in business, but it's human capital that matters the most. What do we do here? Who are we surrounded by? What does the structure look like? You know, and so that's where he put a lot of his energy. And so I, I see that in, in, in high achievers. High achievers want to be surrounded by other high achievers. It's just, it's, it's a fact. And, and I shared this in a meeting we just had that you're only really as good as those people around you. And so that when you're, you know, it's the eagle. If, you, if you're an eagle, you're soaring at 30,000 feet. An eagle doesn't associate with other type of birds. Mm-hmm. Eagles only associate with eagles. And that's how high achievers think. They, they embrace that mindset. They continue to grow in that mindset. And they never look at life as, I've made it. They're always looking at what's next. That's how high achievers think. And it's not money that drives them, truly. When do you ever, you take like Elon Musk. Okay, let's put him on the pedestal of a very high achiever. He's the richest man, obviously, in the world. But money was never his driver. He, he, he became successful early on with PayPal. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of money. But money wasn't what his focus on. What he wanted to do, he wanted to change things. And that's what, that's what drives him every day. How do we change things? And that's what high achievers do. What are we going to do to impact the world and change things? Jumping back to something you mentioned earlier, who you surround yourself with lifts you up. I believe, isn't John Maxwell covered that under the elevator principle, I believe. So how would you look at that sort of approach into how you select who you surround yourself with? And what's the uncommon way to look at how you make yourself better by those around you? I kind of look at John Maxwell as a guru of leadership. I mean, he's written more on leadership than anyone else. And he, his book with Winning with People really emphasizes that point of if you want to go higher in life, surround yourself by people who are going to help you go higher. I mean, it, it, I was just listening to an interview from Dabo Sweeney today that, you know, where he's, you know, sharing, you know, just thoughts and perspectives of the game, but more the future. But he talked about how Tony Dungy was just at the game this past week. Mm-hmm. And he said, Tony called me up, asked if I could come, if he could come with his son. And that was absolutely. I mean, Dabo looks at Tony Dungy as a mentor, as a person. And, and Tony Dungy is. Tony Dungy has a phenomenal story. Mm-hmm. And has impacted so many lives and, 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 and has changed, you know, when he took over Tampa Bay and obviously went to the Colts, changed cultures. So, so that's where a Dabo Sweeney is. I mean, he, he puts people around him who are going to elevate him. And that's an elevator principle. Bring you up, not down. Because it's easy to find people to bring you down. And the danger of that mentality, and that's pretty much where most people operate is because it's comfortable. It's comfortable to, to be around people who don't challenge you. Sure. And, and I don't want to live that way. I always want to grow. And I've had moments in my life where I've, I've kind of fallen into that comfort, and I don't like it. You know, because when I fall into comfort, I actually feel uncomfortable. And so I always want to have people in my life that aren't afraid to challenge me to be better because I believe in what I can be. You know, I, I've, I've had that mindset. I've, I've failed a lot. I've, I've, you know, been built businesses, failed a business. I mean, I, I got into the aviation business. I didn't know shit about aviation. 
True. Yeah. And so, but I got into it. And you know why I got into it? Because, you know, from a guy who never, ever really sat out in life to, to own an airplane, I found myself one day owning an airplane. Mm-hmm. And as I was flying into these FBOs, I'm looking out and I'm like, man, this is like the creme de la creme. This is like, you can have nice cars, you can get in the limo, but if you got an airplane. That's baller. That, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so as you'd fly into these FBOs, I, I was so surprised to see kind of the complacency of standards there. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if, you, if you're flying in with an airplane, especially like a G5, 6, there's just a level of expectation, right? That inspired me to look at, you know what? I see a business of complacency. And in a business of complacency, you have a business of opportunity. I knew nothing about it. And so I got into it, uh, learned a lot. I'm not going to tell you I made a lot, but <laughs> I learned a lot. And and I don't regret ever making that move because I'm someone who can say, yeah, I did that. I've, I've had that. You know, I've owned a plane. I plan to own another one one day. Material stuff is not what drives me. And I've been blessed because I've been on both sides. I've been without it, you know, with it, lost things, done these kind of things. I will have to say this. I did enjoy the airplane. Sure. Yeah. Is it like a boat, the... the Rest two days of owning it or the days you buy it and the days you sell airplane, it? Not the airplane, not the yeah, airplane. Okay, okay the, the, the boat, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, I bought a Malibu this summer and I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just had to yeah. have a winter. I was like, what was I thinking there? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but the airplane is about time. And I, I, and this is what high performance people, what they truly get and understand, time is your most valuable commodity. Where you spend your time, how you spend your time, where, you know, and that, that's why you see highly successful people do that. I mean, Warren Buffett still lives in the house he's lived in like for 50 years. Mm-hmm. You got Bill Gates driving the old Corolla around. But they all have planes because they know that, that time is the most valuable deal and they can go places, do things, get back, you know, all that. I mean, cause I mean, going to the airport sucks, man. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big terminal fan. There, sure, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And so, so when you see the mentality of high performance people, they look at the world differently. They challenge themselves at at incredible levels, and they realize every day I haven't arrived. I got to get better, and that's kind of the sad part of where we're at in a society, because the way I see it, and I had like I said a tough meeting today, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, from the onset, I said, I'm going to come in hard here. This is, this is, this is not going to be pretty. And you know, that, that wasn't coming in trying to be mean. It was trying to be, look here, we're in a tough business and it takes tough people. By challenging the team to question whether we're all high performing individuals, it, it takes a long look in the mirror to determine if we're truly executing against potential. I heard this statement one time about success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't have to look at successful people and question are they successful because there's clues all around them that say they're successful. There, there there's things that that, that that they have done or impacted that say, okay, that person is successful. You didn't have to look at Andrew Carnegie and go, I wonder if he's successful. Mm-hmm. No, there's clues all around him successful. The, the successful people aren't perfect people. They just 
have an internal drive and a mentality that's different than others. And they, they want their life to matter at a different way. And so, and, and some people, I mean, candidly in, in, in our society today, cause I, I personally, not everybody's going to like this. I think we kind of have a little more watered down society today. Mm-hmm. I think we're, I think we're, 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 we're softer than generations in the past. I mean, I can go, you know, my grandfather had a third grade education, you know, and, and yet in many ways, a really smart, smart man. Uh, you didn't have to, you didn't ever have to go to my grandfather and say, I wonder if he has a work ethic. That would just, I mean, it wasn't even thought of. I mean, and so today I think personally, I think that's a struggle. I think people love the idea of success. They just don't want the sacrifice for success. So from looking at a high performance individual and choosing mentors and people that you surround yourself with, what are the key indicators that somebody is a high performance leader, mentor, et cetera? So I, I see high performance people that have obviously strong levels of discipline in parts of their life. I mean, that, that, you know, they, they, you don't have to, they don't look at life and say, you know, if I just get my 40 hours in, I'm going to be high performance and high achieving. I mean, it's, it's, it's like an absurd thought that, you know, that, okay, I, I can go build something and do it in 40 hours. Not going to happen. They, they tend to take a mindset of a mind, body, spirit mindset. Cause they, they recognize, okay, I need to do things for my body, exercise. Most high performing people have a, degree of exercise whether it's three to five days, but they're, they're always folks. Okay. And they're, they're, and they're not doing it because I want to look GQ and stuff like that. They're doing it as a wellness aspect to their life. Sure. Part of balance. Yeah. And they, they, they recognize how important that is. Usually, uh, they're, they have a pretty stable diet. You know, they, they're very consistent in their diet. I mean, whatever that diet is, you know, they're pretty consistent. Um, and, and they're good about, like I said, creating scheduling and opportunities of things around them. They, the, these processes of all these things they do kind of combined into the mentality of high performance. And they don't, you know, they don't, they use fear as a motivator rather than hindrance. I mean, they, they don't, I mean, think about it. I mean, it's, it's funny sometimes looking at Elon Musk about how well he'll lose a bunch of money, mm-hmm. but he'll take bold steps. And you find people who are always attracted to those kind of people too. And, and you know, that's, that's just the different mentality of high performance people. They, they take life differently. So early in your life and your career, obviously you had the drive, you've internalized it. What steps did you take to make yourself into a high performance individual to build a company to influence those around you? Well, I think a big step there for my life was always being told what I can do. Always, I mean, from a young child, everything, you know, is an uphill battle being told what you can't do. Even when I, at, at 24, when I'm starting the first franchise business, I was told by people that I, and looked up to at that time that you're going to mess up a really good thing. You're going to, you, you, they talked about all the things I wouldn't do right. And so 
what I what I concluded um, is that those people live their life in their failures. I mean that that's that's kind of like consume their life. But what I what I found the key that high performance people have is they have high self esteem, and you can't be a successful high performing pe- person if you don't have high self esteem. And and you know the truth is about self esteem. I, I shared this again this morning that self esteem is ingrained in us at a young age. You know, if you have, if you have a mother and father that turn to you, man, say, Matt, you know, I see so much potential in you. You know, you've been blessed with so much. You can do a lot. If you have, if you have an encouraging environment like that, the dividends to your self-esteem, I mean, is a lifetime deal. If you grow up without good role models, or any role models, or someone influential. It, it, the 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 counter to that is often those people live in that mindset, and they might be very smart people. I know some very very smart people who have serious self esteem issues. Yeah, the imposter syndrome that we have seen a lot over the past 10, 20 years. Yeah, I mean it's it's a and and self esteem is critical. The mindset that says you know that I can't. Not that I can't. I mean that that internal peace and and the truth is you can you can get older and work through that, but those young ages are critical. I think what you're boiling down to is if you can't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? So, well, with that in mind, how how do you how do you impact that to become a high performance individual? Think about this: a high performance individual is actually a salesperson. Okay, they're 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 selling themselves. I said this many times. If I walked into a conference room or a meeting, and said, "I just don't know how we're going to do this," I, 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 I what do y'all think? Kind of scared here. Mm-hmm. What, are, what is that going to do? It's not going to inspire confidence. I'll tell you that much. No, yeah. it's not a that that that's not that doesn't work. High performance people always believe there's a way. Mm-hmm. They always do. They're, they're, they're constantly overcoming, overcoming obstacles. The problems that we deal with today are just preparing us for the bigger problem tomorrow. But we're motivated by problems too. I'm bored out of my mind if there's not something to solve. If everything's running smooth, which many people around me like when it's running smooth, I'm like, this is no good. We we need we need problems to solve every day. We need we need to go to the next level. And that's that's how I I'm a next level person. I started this thing without anything, okay? And then, you know, I looked at, I mean, how am I going to overcome that because when I was basically 1.3 million dollars in debt and I only had $436,000 of sales, that was a problem. Yeah. You have to come up with solutions when you face those that, problems. Real that, quick solutions. When you're when you're in your twenties and you're looking at one point three million dollars in debt and four hundred thirty six thousand dollars of gross revenue, shit gets real real fast. Yeah, you're not buying any planes then. No, and it's and and and, and you're faced in a crossroad. What am I going to do about it? You see, we we have a society that you know that people get into debt and stuff like that, and they just want to blame everyone else. They want to. You know they want they want to 
put all the responsibility everywhere else instead of themselves and saying, you know what? I got myself in this. I'm going to get myself out of that and I'm going to grow through it. That's it. I mean, that's why, you know, each step of the way of challenges that I've gone through have just prepared me for the next level of challenges. But you go back to a young 20 year old looking at that, that was a big deal. Today it's like, that was nothing. So, and that's, that's, that's where high performance, you know, high achieving people operate. Every one of them, every one of them have won big and lost big. But, you know, most people, most people, you know, that, that if they're going to take risk in life too often when they lose, they, they, they never have the guts to put chips back on the table. They never have the guts. I mean, that that that's the sad part that, you know, there there are there there are people who have done well, um, sometimes cashed out, but they never have the guts to go do it again. Part of high performance inherently comes with risk because you're doing something that if it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. They deal with risk, they deal with critics, okay, doubters. Okay, they, 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 often their family. And so, I mean, they deal with all that. I mean, because if you're a high achiever, you also make big mistakes. Sure. It's just, it's a fact. You make big mistakes. But you don't let your mistakes define you. You out, you let the motivate you. And so, but when you make big mistakes, let me tell you something. You don't have you don't have to worry about people going to call out your big mistakes. Oh yeah, it's coming. Oh, they're they're they're, they're yeah, waiting they're... at the door. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's I I said that a long time ago that uh, here at our office um, in the downtown position, I said I said one time in a meeting, I said, you know, nobody out there's like rooting for us. Okay, they're not like, man, I hope they're doing great. Yeah. Wish them the best. No, they're actually as soon as you fail, they want to pounce on you. If you make a mistake, they want to pounce on you. So. You kind of got to know that and accept that and embrace it if you want to to be at that kind of level. And, I mean, often most can't handle that. I mean, you know, that we allow criticism of others to become the voice in, in, in us rather than allowing our voice. I got a guy I like to listen to um, that, that uses the term, which voice is going to talk to you? You know, this, this powerful, strong, you know, voice that says I can, or is your bitch voice going to talk to you? Because we all have it. We all have, I mean, I mean, we've all had that, that those moments of woe is me. Okay. But I mean, which, which, which voice do you own? The whiny voice or the one that speaks power and opportunity? So how does a high performance individual train their mind? Well, the mind is a muscle. You know, a lot of people don't think of it that way. The mind is a muscle. And, and you know, just like if you want to have strong muscles, you have to work them and you have to feed them. And the, the mind is the same way. So if you don't do things to strengthen your mind, and here's what doesn't strengthen your mind. TV doesn't really strengthen your mind. Social media, for damn sure, doesn't strengthen your mind. I mean, it's not, I mean, it is a, it, going back to high performance, you don't see 
if a high performance person is using any social media because they're selling, they're promoting or they're selling, they're not on social media just going, hey, look at me. You know, that's not what high performance people do. And so, you know, if you see them on Instagram, I mean, you know, when I've often I've, you know, I'm not really on Instagram, but when I've seen it that, uh, you know, you, you, you take, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone, he's always promoting, he's always doing something to, to sell in some sort of fashion. The Rock. Sure. The Rock uses Instagram crazy, but what's he doing? He's selling products. He's selling mentality. He's, he's, he's marketing. Even if his platform is inspiration, it's strengthening his personal brand it's, through it's, that. It's what he is. He's brand development yeah. constantly. You know, and so, I mean, and, and, and truth is, he's very successful at it. Sure. But he doesn't use social media as, as this selfie, you know, look at me. It's a, it is a, if it is not making him money, it is wasting his time. Mm-hmm. That's the way. And so social media, I mean, it's like, it's like Facebook, people who, you know, are on Facebook. I, I, I think if you're on Facebook, you're just helping Mark Zuckerberg on the team because Facebook, while it can be a business tool, and I know that we have used Facebook as a marketing tool, the truth is the only one that's winning is them. There's a lot of bad things that come off Facebook. There's a lot of time they take. There's, I mean, I, I, I've shared it's, it's caused many family issues. So Facebook, I, the one social media that I think is LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a business platform. There's been a lot of things sprinkled into it lately. But it's probably to me the best one because if you're going to be, if you're if you're going to be successful in business, you do have to have networking, and LinkedIn is a good networking, you know, platform. The way high performance individuals use LinkedIn is very intentional as well. Like Damon John, for example, uses it as a platform to talk about his charities, to strengthen his personal brand by letting people know how an entrepreneur thinks and believes. And when you're intentional about using any of these platforms, it could become an exercise. And I mean, it's essentially marketing yourself at the end of the day, but there's value to that. If you're not using those platforms to bring value back to yourself, because I mean, it's a business tool, Mm -hmm. then you're wasting your time. You're wasting energy. And you're more concerned about what other people think of you. I mean, we're human, so it's a natural deal. I mean, it's it's. But we're more concerned. God, did they like me? How many thumbs up did I get? You know, it's it's a. I mean, these people who build this stuff are very smart, and they understand the psychology of people. We are affirmation driven people. We all want affirmation, and we will seek affirmation in all kind of places, all kind of places. As you mentioned earlier, self-esteem, it can go either direction on there. Social media can be the absolute bane to self-esteem, or it can be a way to build it up for people if used correctly. It's a tool, and I know we're going a little bit off, it's a tool where people basically trade out relationships. Because in the old days, you used to have to talk to people. I mean, I said this before, you know, to get to take a girl out, you really had to take her out. If you're ever going to go anywhere, mm-hmm. now you just got to swipe. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I mean that now you and it's just there, there. There's no true relationship there. You can't have a true relationship with someone on social media because we, we, there, there's a connection that is required here. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 you can hide behind a lot of things on a platform. So 
we were talking about what what do you do you know with your mind okay it's that it's it's what what you put in is also what you're going to get out funny thing i i learned this stat a while back about most high performance people tend to be introverted hmm yeah and and i i actually understand that because most don't understand what true introverted extroverted i i didn't until i learned this you know a while back but they are i mean high performance people don't need to always go wow look at me see me do this i mean they're not they're not they're not these true extroverted people they can communicate they can get you know into different environments you know but but they they quite often like myself i do enjoy kind of my time to myself and so and so i i had a guy one time who came in my office and we had this conversation on extroverted, introverted. I kept going, you know, I, said, I was telling him, I, I think I'm pretty extroverted. And he, he challenged me in that. And he went out the balcony of my office and started yelling at some guy across the road. And so I'm like, he goes, see, he said, Andrew, to me, an extroverted person has to be seen all the time. They have to do all this kind of stuff. He said that, he said, you're a relationship person and you like people, but you don't need to run, yell across the road and say, Hey, look at me. <laughs> and he's right. Yeah. And that's where, you know, so when you look at, you know, the majority of high performance people, they don't need that. They get noticed. They don't have to make themselves noticed. That's how most of them operate. I always like the quote. Um, well, I don't know if it's a quote, but the idea of people that are listening tend to be more high-performing individuals as opposed to people that are waiting for what they're going to say next to be able to digest information and have a truly meaningful connection around that information. I tend to find that in high-performing individuals as well. Yeah. I mean, high-performing people, don't they don't have the mindset that I need to be heard. They have the mindset, I'm going to be heard when I'm ready to be heard. And that, that's their mindset. They don't have that that desire and need. I mean, but when they speak up, people listen. Like I said, they don't always like what they say. And people are always going to too often criticize, but you're not motivated by that. You're motivated by what you believe in, what you value, and where you can see yourself go. So we've been talking about what it takes to be a high-performance individual or what you've seen in other people. What are some specific examples that you've implemented in your career to elevate yourself to the high-performance status? So, Matt, I've, I've always had the mindset of do what others won't do. And I, I experienced a lot of that in my journey, and I... I recognized how quickly people run to comfort. And I'll give a gritty story on that. I, I had gotten into the manufacturing business, uh, supporting a franchise business. So I'm running two businesses, restaurants and manufacturing, doing all this stuff at the same time. I'm young. And, and that was a very tough time. I mean, up early, you know, going to bed late. I mean, uh, there's no high performance people, like I said, that do it in this block time. They understand that, that they have to maximize every bit of the day all the time. But I had, I had reached a point where, where I was making money. Okay. And, and paying the bills and living comfortably. 
And I asked, I, I remember to this day, asked this person, I'm not going to name a name, but I asked this person, I literally can visualize, look where my feet were, everything. And I asked this person, if you could be, if, if, if we could take this, what we're doing to, to whatever number level, what would, what, what, what would you envision there? And this person looked at me and said, you know, if we could just be a $5 million business, that would just be great. And I remember that. And I remember, I mean, for the rest of my life, I remembered how differently we thought. I, 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 I remember that moment that, that that's the highest level that person could ever envision in their life. And that's not me. And so, Obviously, I was willing to take additional risks and steps, and pretty much from that point, I was kind of dragging some of those people on the way. But I, that that statement just resonated so much in my life because I live a life that says, "Hey, if you can make a million, why can't you do ten? And if you can do ten, why can't you do fifty? And if you can accomplish fifty, why not a hundred? I mean, and, and on going to the scale. But I, 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 I look at people who like. If I can just get to this threshold, that's not how I think. I'm like, I've already come overcome that. It doesn't, you know, go bigger. And, and so I, but I visually will never forget that in my mind. So I view that as sort of a, a stretch goal. So in leadership and high performance individuals, what's the importance of stretch goals? And what does that mean to you? I think they live in stretch goals. I mean, the high-performance people don't like playing safe. And that there's more to that statement. It's they, they're always looking at the next level of higher. And you can't go to new levels on, on, on being smart. I mean, you know, when, when Elon Musk bought Twitter, okay, he spent a bunch of money, got nothing, and he bought Twitter, and then he said, hey, I'm going to get rid of half of you and, and we're going to kind of change this whole platform structure of, 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 of how we work. Cause we're now a private company, but he believes in what he can do. And guess what? Being successful. He's, he's, he's gaining ground in that. Will it ultimately work out? Who knows? But he's not afraid to take that risk. And that's where the key is high performance people. They're not risk averse. They're going to take bigger risks. So, you know, I, I, I talk about Elon, but I could actually bring up a lot of different people. And, and the truth is, I mean, obviously I don't know him. Uh, and I'm what I'm referencing has nothing to do with truly him as a person. It's kind of just looking at what he's doing and evaluating it through the process. And I see a guy who's not afraid to take bold steps. I mean, he could be an asshole. I don't know him. Sure. You know, I mean, it's a... Um, and I know that, you know, there, there are people who don't like them, do like them. I mean, that's, that's not really how I visualize this, but what I do know is he's a high performer. I mean, look at SpaceX. I mean, look at me, PayPal, all the kind of things. So I really look at him from that lens. Yeah. The disruptor. Yeah. And, and, and I like that because if you're going to change things, you got to do things and you're not always gonna make everybody happy. And, but it doesn't mean I agree with them on everything. And, and so, and I can bring up a lot of other people. I mean, I've, talked in the past about you know, the, the connection I had with true Kathy and things. And I mean, a lot of people love Chick-fil-A and then there's those who don't. <laughs> so, I mean, so 
it's it's really looking at people who who take things to a different level and want to look at this time that they have on this world and say, you know what, I only get one shot at this, and I'm going to use it, and I'm going to I'm going I'm going to know when my time card is punched, I made a difference somewhere, somehow, somewhere. Each week we do what's called the weekly touchdown, where we look at some uncommon ways to approach the week's topic across six topics. So how do high-performing individuals look at personal health on a daily basis? It's critical to them. They, they recognize, okay, I'm only as good as my body. Because if it's not right, nothing's right. I mean, think about it, man. I mean, when, anytime that you've been sick in your life, it's hard to be high-performance when you're not well. That's the truth. And so, I mean, if I'm going through life and I get off my diet and we've talked about that and I'm working on that right now and I get off it, I'm not at my best. And so, but I am at my best when I'm eating well and I'm working out and doing the right things. How do high performance individuals value family life? So that's an interesting question because this, I might get a little more controversy on because I'm a big family man. Love my family, you know, intentional my family, but here's the deal. Um, if you're going to be successful at the level we're talking of high performance, there's always going to be sacrifice. And so, so what, when you have high performance people, there is a time sacrifice. And so way I've approached it is, is that I've always been intentional with my family on the weekends. I don't bring work home hardly ever. If I ever brought work home or had it, and if I had to deal with something, it's because there was some major issue going on. So I, I took the mindset that it's not the quantity of time, it's the quality of time. And am I going to be present? Because I know too many people who, you know, well, I'm, I'm working at the house. Well, you're not giving your family anything when you're working at the house. I mean, so, so I think that I adopted that mindset at a young age. I had a father who worked a lot, but you know what? I never, I've never said, gosh, man, dad didn't give me what I needed as a father. And he worked a lot of hours. So high-performance individuals and business development. They, they understand it's all about development. You're constantly developing. You're developing yourself. You're developing your people, your team, your environment. It's a constant everyday development. That you're, that's, that's a growth mindset because they're growth mindset. And development people get that. Personal growth. How does the high-performance individual work on themselves every day? They They understand and recognize they have to be challenged and they have to be challenged at a very intentional and strong way. So they, so high performance people don't work well unless they have a hard challenge in front of them. And, and that's, that's not just business. That's in every part of, of their life. And so that is, you know, being challenged is critical to high performance. Sure. How does gratitude factor in? I'm vertical today. So, I mean, I'm grateful. I mean, if you're not a grateful person, you know, then, then there's something wrong with you. I mean, that, that every day that I get the opportunity to, to connect with people, you know, go in and, and, and solve a problem. That is a great day. That, that, that day, I mean, like I said, you, nobody knows the numbers you got on this earth. So every day you get to do that is a great day day. And I, I've said this many times when I would drive out to our plant in Easley, I would often have to go by the hospital on the way there. 
And many times I was driving out there because there was a problem. But as I would drive by the hospital, I always said to myself, whatever problem I'm going there is better than the problem they have there. Yeah, that's the truth. So So how do you transition the gratitude into giving back? Well, I think, you know, part of it is, is your time and your resources. Where you put your time and your energy matters. And then we were just, I mean, I made this mention today because we, you know, I'm proud of organization or team of how we've taken a very strong intentional approach to, to how we can serve better in our community. I mentioned today, we're, we're obviously doing the angel tree. And I thought it is sad. I mean, in the world and the country that we live in, I mean, the wealthiest country ever in history that we still have children who wake up Christmas with nothing. I thought that, that that's heartbreaking. But on the flip side of that, I'm grateful that there are people and like many of the people in our organization who see that, embrace that, and want to do something about that. So to wrap us all up, what's one takeaway that our listeners can do to start that journey towards becoming a high-performance individual starting today? Well, I actually wrote it down right here. Hold yourself accountable and follow through. That's what you want to be high performance. Then you have to hold yourself accountable and do what you say you're going to do. That's it. Follow through. Thanks for joining us today on the Uncommon CEO Podcast. Subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. We have video episodes on our YouTube channel and more Uncommon Wisdom on our social media. Find all our links and resources at UncommonCEOPodcast.com. For Andrew Smart and all of us here at The Uncommon CEO, stay uncommon.